Welcome to a special discussion on animal health, a global industry that in Indiana alone generates more than $4 billion in revenue annually and is at the epicenter of food and nutrition. Today's guest is a pioneer in animal health whose track record includes a successful IPO of an animal health company. She served in leadership roles with many of the top companies in animal health, and she has a relentless passion for innovation. Hi, I'm Mitch Frazier. I'm president and CEO of Agronovus Indiana, and I am delighted today to be joined by a true pioneer, an innovator, and just an incredible person, Julia Stefanis, a partner with Borealis Ventures. Julia, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you, Mitch, for having me. It is great to have you with us. And look, we have a lot to learn from you. Your track record is nothing short of extraordinary. You have multiple connections here to Indiana, and you just moved back. So before, before I try to get as much information out as I can on where we can take animal health, Let's learn about you. Let's, if you would walk us through your career and maybe the connections back to India. Absolutely. Well, I, I started here. I was born in Madison, Indiana. I went to school in Bloomington. I had a, you know, back in the day that we didn't talk about majors and minors as much as they do today, but I actually took uh, a lot of classes in telecommunications, marketing, and business. And I was excited when I left uh, Indiana University to go into marketing. And I figured I needed to get into sales before I went into marketing. And I thought, well, what do I know the most about? Well, being raised on a farm, I said, I know the most about crop chemicals and agriculture. So I actually went to work in crop chemicals and my first boss was a veterinarian and he was actually the gentleman who took me into animal health and I ended up working for a biotech startup in Minneapolis and um, that launched my animal health career. I have been in the business for over 30 years. Um, a lot of the companies that I've worked for have been bought by others or rolled up. Um, but I think, you know, my uh, excitement around animal health came very early on in my career and it has continued to serve me well in all of my uh, last few decades. Incredible, Julia. Now, you, you've had a number of just incredible experiences when we look at your success in the market. If you would, maybe walk us through Aritana and the IPO and what, what has happened since then and your subsequent exit to Elanco, a globally headquartered oh. company here in Indiana. Absolutely. So, um, first half of my career, I, I spent working for Big Pharma, right? And um, that was Pfizer Animal Health before they became Zoetis. And the second half of my career, I've been working in startups. And my first startup was Summit Vet Farm. And uh, I'm going to get to your question on Aritana. <laughs> my first startup was, was Summit Vet Farm. And I um, launched that company in 05 and sold it in 2010 to Siva Animal Health. And then I went to France with Siva and worked uh, on companion animal medicine. And I had the opportunity then to come back to the States and work on a startup opportunity in biotech. And it was really the first pet therapeutics company in animal health. And it was called Aritana Therapeutics. Um, I joined in uh, the end of 2012 and we 
took the company public in 2013. So that was like my first six months was, you know, just putting the S1 together and talking to investors and really working um, out what would this animal health biotech company look like from a commercial perspective, because we were going to be fully integrated. And uh, that went um, public on NASDAQ in 2013, June, and we um, made it through the, the registration and launch of our first five products, two USDA uh, products that were monoclonal antibodies for in oncology, and three FDA-approved products, one in osteoarthritis, one in inappetence, and one in um, pain uh, management. And one of those products for osteoarthritis, which happened to be our biggest asset, we ended up looking for a partner that could take that product and, and develop it globally. Because if you think about animal health, only depending upon the category, 40 to 60% of the sales are in the United States. The rest of it is outside the US. So you need, in order to maximize your value of your molecules and what you're doing, you need a partner. And so I ran a process, Elanco won the process for our largest asset, which was Galaprat, an a EP4 receptor antagonist for osteoarthritis. And I worked with Elanco on a co-promote launch of that product here in the United States. And then they took it for the rest of the world and developed it and launched it and, and have just done an amazing job with it. And it is among the 28 products that I have launched in my career, four of them have been blockbusters, meaning over $100 million in sales per year. And Galapran is my fourth. Uh, that product will achieve those kind of sales this year. And that is a super exciting opportunity for me. So once we licensed out our top uh, product to Elanco, they became the logical exit partner and bought the entire company then in 2019 and got all the other good stuff that I was working on there. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and now you're back here in Indiana, Julia. And just last week, a couple days ago, we were together with Aaron Evelanco, who's leading yes. uh, innovation and business development. So fun to see this come full circle. Yeah. I want to go back before we go forward, because I think, you know, as someone who's gone through an IPO myself, that you learn so much and, and there's there's so much uh, wake that's created in a positive sense of learning and being able to inspire others around you. What did you learn through the IPO process, taking an animal health company public, and how is that influencing the work even you're doing today? Oh, that, that was one of the most fascinating things in my career. Um, my first startup was capitalized by Sumitomo, so I didn't have to ever go to the public markets for money. So Aritana was the first time I'm going to public markets for money and asking investors uh, one by one by one in, uh, to invest in the company. And I think from my vantage point, um, it was a super exciting time for animal health because um, Zoetis was going public at the same time. We were actually on the roadshow together and we were calling on investors um, at, at the same time, and, and they kind of nicknamed it, you know, A to Z, Aratana to Zoetis. And, uh, and I remember, like, I showed up at Fidelity and, you know, Zoetis was coming out and I was walking in and they, they were checking each other's stories because, honestly, animal health was like this shiny new 
object that no one understood. We were teaching life sciences investors for the first time what animal health was. This was 2013. And because animal health had always been tucked under these big pharma companies, and it was always small and relatively immaterial to the overall size of the company, it never got a lot of airtime. And so people really didn't understand what it was and what the opportunities were. And so Zoetis and Eritana going public at the same time, all of a sudden we had like one of the biggest, I, between the two of us, we had couple of the biggest IPOs around that year. And Bloomberg actually named Eritana IPO of the year. And Zoetis was one of the largest IPOs to ever happen. And so all of a sudden you had all of these bankers and all of these research analysts that never understood anything about this world. And they were trying to learn it at the same time. So the questions were just nonstop. And what I did was I tried to take it from where they were coming from. And most of them were uh, human health pharmaceutical investors. So we did a lot of compare and contrast with human health. And that helped them to get there faster. And boy, have they gotten smart. Today, you know, it's 2021. Boy, those analysts, those bankers, they know the space. Um, and, and they ask the tough questions and, you know, they attend all of the earnings calls of all the public companies and they really have gotten a incredible amount of in-depth information. The other thing that was happening, Mitch, is in those days, there was not a lot of public information about animal health. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason that it was kind of this hidden gem because there was no public company. So therefore there was no public information and people couldn't define how large the markets were and what their growth trajectories, uh, trajectories were. So I think from, from, uh, from 13 to 21, wow, we have made this huge quantum leap up in terms of awareness and knowledge. And what that's done, I think, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to take credit, but what that's done is it has spawned innovation like no other. When I was taking Aratana Public, there was probably you know a dozen small startups. Now the number is somewhere between 400 and 600, depending upon how you categorize them. And we've just never seen this kind of innovation and attention to animal health in my 30 plus year career. So I think that is what excites me and gets me um, up in the morning and, and really helps me to think about how I can help entrepreneurs build great companies in this space. Um, building two companies from scratch, I have a lot of scar tissue. And, and I want to give my founders the benefit of that scar tissue so that they don't make the same mistakes that I do. They'll make their own mistakes, but they sure. won't only make the mistakes that I made. So I sit on the board of three animal health startups and I, I really help guide them based on uh, what my learnings were in my two companies. 
really helpful. We're talking with Julia Stefanis, partner with Borealis Ventures, longtime animal health innovation executive. Julia, I, I want to spend some time on this venture piece because I think this is um, this is a missing link that you and I have talked about as we look at the ecosystem, not just here in Indiana or across the Midwest, but really nationwide. Everywhere. We have a lot of life sciences investors. We have a lot of SaaS, B2B SaaS investors, specifically here in the Midwest and Indiana. But we don't have are a lot of funds that are really focused on the full breadth of animal health from protein all the way to the digital side of animal health. Talk to this if you would. Where do you see the opportunity for venture and, and maybe why hasn't it quite yet evolved to the opportunities that we see in other parts of the economy? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's one of the reasons that I'm at Borealis because I saw it as a missing link um, in when you've got all this innovation going on and everybody looking for funding and it not flowing, um, it, it, it's, it, it can really hold things back. And so it's one of the reasons that I joined Borealis to, to try and bring uh, capital to the area and, and really focus on great companies. But I think you know, why hasn't it happened in the past? So on the animal health side, we're also divided among seven species. And so there's food animal and companion animal. And the food animal stuff really can um, oftentimes be blended in with agriculture. And the companion animal stuff can oftentimes be blended in with human health. And, and I say that because um, those are feeder sources for a lot of our products. Uh, parasiticides, a lot came from crop, often comes from crop chemicals. And um, new therapeutics often come from the discovery work that we're doing on the human side. But if you look at the investor network, they're either life sciences, human health, or they're ag and animal health is split between the two. So no, it was not a clear um, scope for a lot of the funding that was going on. And that's still the case today. And, and so there are not very many pure play animal health funds. And so what you see is it, uh, founders are running to the same people all the time. And they're also asking uh, to even skip that and, and try to get a strategic like an Alenco or a Zoetis to buy into companies early on. And, and, and there's a little bit of that starting to happen. But in general, we still need more capital coming to the area. And I'm excited about doing that. And I think the things that I get excited about is all of the innovation that's happening on uh, the medical side and then on the practice management side and then on the um, uh, nutrition side for uh, the food animal piece. Um, and, and honestly, there's a lot going on in wearables, in data analysis, in uh, the um, microbiome, in the um, vaccine area. So uh, we're literally seeing uh, innovation happening in all of those. And so there's plenty to get excited about. 
I think as, as you and I have talked and just as we've all looked at this industry, it really is an industry of industries. To your point, there's the life sciences, the drug discovery piece. I mean, that, that whole world, you know, what estimated roughly $50 billion globally. And you have these digital pieces. You have applications from this intersection of human health and animal health. And we can even go to the other side of it, the crop health and, yeah. and all that one health concept that so many have talked about. Julia, we're just about out of time. I want to give you a chance, if you would, share more about Borealis and, and the work that you're doing to really solve some of these gaps. Yeah, so Borealis is um, a, mainly a life sciences venture firm. Um, we started in 2002. I have two partners there. Um, one is uh, Ben Shaw, who works with me, and he's also taken uh, company public, Covetris, in, in the space and started Vets First Choice from scratch. So two very deep operational um, domain expertise uh, available from Borealis. And then we have uh, Phil Furneaux, who is a, um, a longtime venture capitalist uh, entering, I guess, 19 years now, and is also a professor of venture capitals at um, Tuck uh, Business School at Dartmouth. So I've got, you know, small team focused uh, on, uh, on, on building companies in animal health. And the val value that we really bring is that that, um, you know, we're small enough that we want to be uh, kind of on the boards and, and helping to shape and being a partner to these founders. And I think that's the difference that that we can make for, uh, for, for people that are interested in innovation in animal health. Julia, I love it. The idea of smart money. I, I believe we can find you borealis.vc is your website. Is that correct? Yes. Borealis.vc. Julia Stefanis, longtime animal health industry veteran, now a partner with Borealis Ventures. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Animal health is the second largest subsector of the Indiana ag bioscience economy. And with global moves by juggernauts like Elanco citing their global headquarters here in Indiana, along with leaders like Julia, Indiana is exceedingly well positioned to capture market share in this global market, particularly as the focus on protein continues to grow and the focus on sustainability continues to grow. If you'd like to learn more about Indiana and animal health, you can find it online at agronovisindiana.com slash animal health. That's agronovisindiana.com slash animal health. On behalf of the entire Agronovis Indiana team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thank you so much for spending some time with us and let's go drive Indiana's economic growth in the ag biosciences. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.